Welcome back to Truth Worth Living, where we seek to understand God's Word so we can live in God's will. Last week, we wrapped up chapter 10, where the writer of Hebrews is giving his exhortation to these Hebrew believers to finish the race of faith, even though at the time their engine was sputtering and blowing smoke. He wanted them to recognize the critical nature of persevering, finishing the task. He was encouraging them, of course, not to drop out, but to stay the course because the finish line was literally around the corner. They had given up so much, and they had such a short distance to go. So now he's going to begin, in chapter 11, what is the most well-known portion of the letter, it's, of course, what we know to be the faith chapter. But what we need to see here is that this recitation of the heroes of the faith, it doesn't stand on its own. It, it doesn't come out of the blue. It is literally the next logical step in his argument and perfectly in context with the rest of the letter. Until we see that, we won't really understand what he's saying or perhaps more importantly, why he's saying it. So let's go back and read the end of Hebrews chapter 10 to remind us of the context for what he's going to say. Hebrews 10, beginning in verse 36, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And... But my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. We're not in that group. We're not associated with them because we have real faith. We belong instead, and I'm quoting, to those who have faith and are saved. Now, what he's reminding them of is that when they started their faith journey, they were inspired and confident in the gospel. They believed wholeheartedly and fully embraced the call to die to self and live for Christ. And they made great sacrifices. They put themselves in harm's way for the cause of Christ. So, they were and they are, at the time of this writing, people of the faith. So what he's telling them is that they weren't wrong. They just need to persevere in the faith, and they will see the fruit of their convictions. Now in chapter 11, he's actually going to take a considerable portion of this letter to spell out exactly what faith is, and, by the way, what it means to live by faith. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks, 
even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. What pleases God? Listen to what he says in verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, he answers the question right off the top in chapter 11 that he's hoping they're asking. He's, he's just said that they need to live by faith, that faith pleases God. So what he's hoping is they're asking themselves, well, what is faith? And what does faith that perseveres through doubt, what does it look like? Well, he defines faith in verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, most of the time we take this definition to be the definition of faith. But you understand it's not the only conceivable way to understand faith. We can think of it as belief or trust, or we can think of it as the writer of Hebrews does. There is a reason he defined it this way, and that's because this is the definition that they needed to hear. Do you remember, we've said this over and over again, but one of their primary problems with Christianity was that, that it wasn't concrete like the machinations of the Old Covenant. Remember, as practicing Jews, they could go to Jerusalem, see the temple, buy the animals for sacrifice, present them to the priests, and then watch the sacrifices being made and know that they had done everything on the checklist they needed to do to establish right standing before God. They were, at that time, in the Old Covenant, literally assured by what they saw. But the writer of Hebrews reminds them that life in the New Covenant is not about what they see, feel, or touch. It's about a life of faith. And it's that faith that gives them confidence in the things they hope for, which was the same thing they were hoping for in Judaism, which was right standing before God and assurance in their standing with God. So they wanted right standing before God and assurance in their standing with God. The Old Covenant presented them that assurance very mechanically. They could participate in it. But in the New Covenant, the difference was they couldn't see it. Okay, what, what they signed up to believe in was something they had not seen and would not see this side of heaven. See, the sacrifice when Jesus died on the cross was made in their absence. The great high priest was standing, who is standing in on their behalf, making intercession for God with them, is doing so in the heavenly temple, not the earthly temple. They can't see it. Now, understandably, there were things they wanted to see, these things, things that they, they felt they needed physical proof of, but all those things had to be taken by faith. The faith they were called to live by was confidence 
in the things they hoped for and assurance of the things they could not see. They needed to be confident that God provided the way in the new covenant for them to be made right with him and to be in good standing with him. Those are things they would not see, not proof of, this side of heaven. But if they chose to live by faith, if they chose to persevere, they would get exactly what they were aiming for, which was right standing with God because they would please God if they lived by faith. That's the message of verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. The implication is with it, we do please God. Why? Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. They would come to him because they believe in him. They would seek him just as they sought him in Judaism, but with one small difference. They had to do it by faith. But if they did it by faith, according to the new covenant, it would please God and they would be rewarded with a personal relationship with their creator. Now, that's what they needed to understand about faith. That faith is what they needed to live by. It's truth worth knowing, and it's truth worth living. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you're enjoying a week of prosperity in your spiritual relationship with God. I trust you're reading through the scripture and you're efforting to live by faith. Join us tomorrow night as we continue our study in the book of Philippians and then on Sunday morning as we continue our study on Abraham. Have a great day.